This time on the podcast, the world's biggest conspiracy falls to the ground. Coming to you from the fourth floor of the Balboa Building in sunny Santa Barbara, California, it's... Welcome to the Danger Dome. <laughs> Gonna talk about the signs well, we have a song. Danger Dome. <laughs> oh my God. Do that again. <laughs> I wish we have it. We're already recording, Jai. Jeez. It's true. I know. What do you think's going on in here? Shouldn't that it's danger, me... danger dome today. Oh. <laughs> I'm Jai Runganathan, PhD. And I'm Kristen Weiss, PhD, believe it or not. So as always, we have our producer in the studio with us, a.k.a. the three-man tent, uh, Buttercup the Ocean Pup. There you go. That's right. That's She's on cue. She's saying everyone. So that, you know, if you hear weird noises in the background, that's her yelling commands at us. Exactly. Or digging a nest and in digging, the blankets. Uh, digging a nest of blankets. Question for you. Shoot. How do you feel about flying? Would you call yourself a, a nervous flyer? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm the, like, squeeze the sides of the seat, like, jittery, give me a bunch of NyQuil kind of flyer. Okay. Okay. And have you ever like felt a desire to like open the emergency exit and jump out? Has that ever come to you? <laughs> I can confidently say no, because I think that one of my big fears would be not only crashing in a plane, but falling out of a plane and crashing <laughs> to my death through the air. I don't think falling out of a plane is so dangerous. It's the landing that's the problem. Good point. Good point. So what about you? What, what makes you think of this? Well... The reason this all comes up is because of the paper we're talking about this week. Just randomly. Oh, just that. Oh, that. Right. <laughs> and the paper this week is from a major medical journal called BMJ. Mm. It used to stand for British Medical Journal, but now it stands for nothing much like KFC or NPR or <laughs> pick your initials. It stands for nothing. It stands for itself. <laughs> it stands for itself. And this paper written by one Robert Yeh from Harvard Medical School, that very small place, and company, a whole bunch of uh, collaborators in this paper, they were looking at a path-breaking question. Does wearing a parachute make a difference to your life when you're jumping out of a plane? I thought we'd known this. Wow. This is in a high-end medical journal. The highest. Does wearing a parachute, you know, because here's the key question. Like, we think that it makes a difference. But does it? I mean, like we've never had a controlled trial where we've thrown people out of planes mm. with and without parachutes. So we don't actually know if it makes okay. any difference. And it's kind of funny because there's many movies where, you know, putting on the parachute as a plane is about to crash, jumping out of the plane. It's a critical moment. We have to rethink action movies. Yeah, like all the assumptions that we hold true, you know, where do those come from? And are they even accurate? So since this is the first time I'm hearing about this paper and obviously haven't read it at all, Never. I'm wondering, you know, what's the catch? Did they actually then study whether parachutes help people when they jump out of planes? They did actually say this. They said this is a major issue in aviation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do parachutes actually make a difference? I mean, we think they do, but we think lots of things. We used to think the, the sun revolved around the earth. We thought that for a long time. So maybe parachutes... Are used and think of the savings for the military for pri for skydiving. Think of the how cheap skydiving would be if you don't need to worry about a parachute. Okay, okay, I I get what you're saying, but there's got to be like something else about this paper. Like, why are they focusing on this issue? Well, I'll tell you why. 
it's because it's an important issue. So they literally went out and they got a bunch of volunteers some, and they put parachutes on some and they put regular backpacks on their on others. I think they put a North Face backpack on them in particular <laughs> and they had them jump out of planes to see what difference does it make. And you'll never guess what they found. Do tell. I'm on the edge of my airplane seat. <laughs> well, you know, the airplane seats are so tiny these days, it's hard to be anywhere but the edge of your airplane seat. They found it makes no difference. <laughs> what? It's. Cr- I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, this is why, this is what you need Harvard Medical School researchers to figure out because, like, us, us dummies, we think it makes a difference. It turns out it doesn't. Whether you wear a parachute or not, they had... 20, about 25 people jumping out of planes, some with parachutes, and they all turned out fine. Both immediately, and they checked in 30 days later. Still fine. Either <laughs> That's way. science. Okay, okay. Let's, let's tell our listeners what's really going on here with this paper. Come on. Well, there is a bit of a twist. Uh-huh. The, the planes were always on the ground. Uh-huh, they never there you go. But actually, they didn't just check planes. They checked planes and helicopters. So they had people right. jumping out of a plane. <laughs> <laughs> and jumping out of a helicopter, and it turned out when you're fl- jumping out of a stationary plane, it doesn't really make much difference because you're fine either way. And also the parachute doesn't really have time to deploy. That's the other problem. <laughs> so not only does it not make a difference, but not a single person in the study actually tried to deploy there. But they were wearing a parachute. <laughs> okay. So, but it didn't, there wasn't time that five feet of the, no, not five feet, like three feet of jump mm-hmm. to deploy parachutes. So, and this is a real, so you might say this seems like a joke paper. Mm-hmm. This is this is real. This is like in BMJ, and this mm-hmm. comes out of, they have something very famous called their Christmas issue, where they have sort of gag research, but okay. gag research for a reason. And actually, what I love in this paper is they have a figure, I think it's figure four, mm-hmm. which Let's is, see. well, you can see this picture here. What would you, yeah. How would you describe wow. this picture? It looks like a youngish person happily jumping out of a little plane that's on the ground. Um, and how far do you think she, her jump is from that picture? Uh, it depends on, so she's mid-jump. I'm assuming it's a she. Uh, depending on whether she jumped from the seat or from the wing, it's anywhere between three and five feet. So, you know, it's it's a decent jump, but I wouldn't say it's, you know, equivalent to a parachuter. That's thousands of feet up in the air. Yeah, I'm putting that at like two feet off the ground because like you can see she's almost on the ground. It's kind of her knees or kind of where the wing is. Yeah. Okay. So she's got she's in like a okay. pretty majestic two, three foot yeah. jump off of the ground. There was kind of a point here. And, tell. and the <laughs> point was is that so this was a randomized clinical trial in this, which there hasn't been before for mm-hmm. parachuting. But they set up the study in a funny way. In that way, like the results you're going to have. So obviously, let's back up here. Wearing a parachute is good for health if you're in the air (laughs) and you need to leave that plane. But if you set up the study in the right way or the wrong way, you're going to come up with really bizarre results. Even if you've got like a team of statisticians running the right stats, like you have the right methodology, right everything except one part of the methodology in place. But if you have one thing kind of funny it's going to throw your whole results off. Mm -hmm. So sure, like if the plane is parked, it doesn't make any difference (laughs) whether you're wearing a parachute if you come (laughs) jump off the plane or not. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty brilliant when you think about it. It's kind of a classic example of 
you can set up a double blind study. You know, you don't know if you have a parachute on or not. So, you know, you jump out of the plane regardless. But you can really lose sight of the context, right? Like how applicable is this study to people who are jumping from planes that are thousands of feet off the ground, which was their exact point, right? So, yeah, exactly. And so and this kind of comes up in lots of places because there's so many studies out there where the results are in every field, really, where the results are kind of, well, frankly, they're kind of wrong just because the way they set up the study is strange. So if you set up the study in a strange way, you're going to end up with strange results. Yeah. Or even if they're not wrong, they're not very applicable to the real world in lab settings or experiments. And like, what are some thoughts, what are some of those kinds of things that come up for you when you think of this sort of thing? Well, when we're talking about medical research, like this paper was, the first thing I think of are all of the experiments done on animals, like mice, uh, and how those are often just kind of assumed to be similar in humans. There's even been a whole Twitter campaign around this. There's an account that's... uh, basically finds all of these misleading headlines about new research in autism and cancer and diets and will tag them and say in mice because most of those trials are done on mice because they ethically can't do them on humans, right? So there's actually a Twitter handle that's just says in mice that has been calling out all of these misleading research papers or news headlines. And it's that same idea of you can set up all of the parameters exactly right. You're studying the genes you want to study. Oh, but by the way, this is in mice and they actually work very differently from humans in many cases. Right. So one thing that comes to mind for me is that very frequently when we're thinking about drug trials for, say, let's say depression, and often the drug manufacturers are required to do sort of what are considered long-term studies of what what effect does this have over the long term? And and if the drug is out there, that means that they've shown that there's a long-term effect. Mm -hmm. Here's the secret. For the the secret is long term for them is four months. Oof. Yeah. And so this is again not a bang on drug manufacturers, but it's to say, like, for, unless you're sort of uh, what's the word? Unless you're a banana, four months <laughs> is not really a, wouldn't really what <laughs> I, I consider I've a long term. I've never known a banana to need antidepressants. That's just me. But. That's true. That's a fair point. <laughs> and given that bananas are used in so many jokes, they're in kind of antidepressant <laughs> all the, by themselves. They're the parachute of the fruit world. <laughs> exactly. They're well-known, well-known to be the parachute of the fruit world. And a lot of medical studies, too. So if I gather correctly from what you're saying about this paper, it's like, you know, they were only able to convince a very small number of people to do this study, especially until the people realized they were only going to jump out of planes on the ground. And in the medical field, it's a lot like that in cases where oftentimes you're doing trials on people that aren't even the ones that are going to benefit the most. Like they're not the most at-risk people uh, because you're choosing the subset that's most likely to want to do the trial. So you can have very misleading results. And if you don't know that context. That is exactly what happened here. They said at first they tried to recruit subjects while on transatlantic (laughs) flights in the middle of the air. Would you like to jump out? They said they got no response that way. So then they went to friends and family saying. (laughs) (laughs) Prudent. (laughs) You know, one thing I appreciated is they, among the many jokes in this paper, this paper is pretty much all all jokes, uh, they attempted to register the clinical trial, because like when you have clinical trials, you're supposed to register it in particular ways. They had no success. They attempted in particular to register it with the Sri Lanka Clinical Trials Registry. Um, they failed after multiple attempts uh, with, the, uh, re- with the response back being, quote, the research question lacks scientific validity. 
and quote, the trial data cannot be meaningful. The authors agreed with those statements. <laughs> Good for them. At least, you know, they really tried to make sure that the medical field was understanding where this paper was coming from. So that makes me feel a little better. But I feel like we need more jokes in science. Like, I feel yeah. like scientific papers often read like they're being written by robots. They're not robots, they're people. I mean, maybe they are in some cases. Maybe we they, don't know. We That's don't a whole know. other episode. But that is a whole other episode. Yeah, there's often a, a lack of kind of uh, humor and self-reflection in papers. We're often trained to write very abstractly and following a formula that is not very enjoyable to read. So how does knowing this paper make you feel about flying? <laughs> Oddly more confident? I don't more know. Confident. Is that a placebo? Uh, I don't know how it makes me feel about flying, but I think it gives me hope for the field of science in a small way that there's researchers out there willing to examine their own field in a self-reflective way and make fun of it, but also make a good point in it. Like really underlying this paper that's full of jokes is the idea that, you know, we can't necessarily always have perfect randomized clinical trials. But on the other hand, those trials don't necessarily, even if they don't reflect reality completely, they can be considered, but you always have to consider the context, which is true with anything in life. Like if something's taken out of context, it can be misconstrued. And you always have to kind of weigh common sense with evidence, right? And even in science, people can totally go off the deep end with some sort of study that doesn't reflect reality but is treated as such. I have to say, I feel I, was ne I wasn't a nervous flyer to begin with, but uh, now I'm definitely not a nervous flyer. I look at this, I'm looking at this picture now of this woman jumping from a plane two feet off the ground, and she's fine. So clearly... I mean, you can draw from this. I can clearly infer mm -hmm. if the plane mm -hmm. is two miles off the ground and I jump, no problem. Yeah. I mean, you've you've really understood the point of this paper, I have, Jai. Well I have. Done. But I do wonder what happens, again, back to the, uh, the initial point about movies like movies where the parachute, like getting the last parachute, two people from the one parachute, the, the plane's going down. Very famously in Moonraker, a terrible, terrible, perhaps definitely the worst James Bond movie ever made where the opening scene is where Jaws, and, not the shark Jaws, the villain Jaws, and James Bond both have to hmm. jump out I of the plane. I wish it was the shark Jaws. <laughs> it was the shark Jaws jumping out movie. of the plane. <laughs> Very famously, they jumped out of a plane and they were um, fighting for, there was only one parachute for the two of them. Mm. They've been fighting for it all the way down. Well, obviously that was based on false science. <laughs> exactly. Actually, but this actually, this actually predates the paper, but it shows the same conclusions. Because, mm. as you may find not surprising, James Bond was the one who got the parachute in the end, and Jaws had no parachute on the way down. But he landed on a circus tent, and he <laughs> oh! was fine. <laughs> there you go. Context. That's something they didn't test in this paper. But I guess my That's point, a real big flaw. But I guess my point is, if we take those as two more data points, mm -hmm. James Bond had a parachute, he was fine. Jaws did not have a parachute, also fine. I guess I have nothing to worry about anymore. Exactly. Thanks. I will say that I didn't think that I could find an image I enjoyed more in a scientific paper than the one, the one we found last week, which is a girl surrounded by cats. Yes. A girl, not a woman. <laughs> but this one of a woman jumping out of a plane on the ground is perhaps just as good. So does that mean we're only be looking for papers where there is 
women in it in the photos. I don't know. I think this is going to be an interesting longitudinal study for us. How many might be looking at uh, issues of Cosmo? Those of articles in them, lots of women <laughs> Very in scientific. Them. Very, they talk about lots of studies, usually about 10 secret scientific ways to get off tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so not safe for work. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe we do need to end this podcast now. Uh, so... You know, other than feeling like we really don't need to worry anymore about whether or not we have a parachute when we jump out of planes, you know, what do we really take away from experiencing this paper? And this paper is an experience, so that's an excellent choice of words. Um, context matters, you know, like, and that's just true for not just medical science, but really all science, you know, like the detail, the fine print matters. How do they go about they, people come up with some bold result. Mm-hmm. How do they get that bold result? That's the real takeaway of this yeah. paper, and I think it's a smart one. What's behind the headline? I agree. And you know, and it's funny, like the the message that context matters. Well, that's kind of boring, isn't it? <laughs> so, or like read the fine print, also boring. So you kind of do have to do something splashy, like something dumb like this, perfect <laughs> for our dumb conversation, <laughs> where you have to to, to, to make a point. It's it's you have to do a dumb paper to make a smart point. I mean, if there was more dumb papers in science, I think there'd be a lot more people interested in science. That's all I have to say. Yeah. So thanks for bringing this to the discussion dome today. I'm a little less depressed than I was at the beginning. And we're more high-flying than ever before. High-flying, hot, heated, boiling. Yes. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, prospective listener. Have fun flying out there.